Hey listeners, dig up your dead grandpa and give your insect dick a test drive because today we're talking about the Rick Chank Redemption. With me today are... Joseph. Brandon. And I'm Toby. Before we begin, I just want to mention that there may be spoilers for every episode up to and including this one. So if you haven't seen all of the episodes of Rick and Morty, I would recommend watching those. Alright, let's get started. Um, first question, and I think this is the most important one about this episode. In the Citadel of Ricks, do you think they bang each other? <laughs> Copiously. We have abundant proof that Rick is pansexual as all fuck. So, yes, he definitely has banged himself. But do they get clones of men remotely resembling his father to watch? That's the real question. <laughs> because they could do that. <laughs> I love I love how this is this is the first most important question. <laughs> this is fucking Of course it's the most these. important. Dude, I've been holding this question in since I came up with the idea for the podcast. <laughs> I mean, my thinking is it they hate themselves, right? So they would like they would fuck but they would not make tender love. Actual questions about the Citadel of Ricks. Um, like that wasn't an actual question. That was a, Brandon. Stop being a piece of shit. That was the most important question that we're going to discuss today. Oh, I completely believe it. But Joseph spent a lot of time doing this, and I have a lot of stuff to derail. All right, let's let's get to our second, slightly less important question. Then we see sort of Rick's backstory. Do do we think that anything about it that he shows uh, Nathan Fillion is true? Like, did he ever actually care about Diane? Was he ever a father to Beth? What do you guys think? Okay, in that backstory, both Diane and Beth get brutally killed. So here's a follow-up question to that. Of If that is true, who's the Beth and Diane that exist in the universe we know? Like, did he do the, like, Rick Potion number nine thing where he hopped from one universe to another? Is that, like, is that, like, the universe he's currently living in? And could that be why he doesn't feel a bond for his family? I don't think much of the backstory is true. I think in the same way that Beth and Jerry married, I think that, you know, he got the woman pregnant and he's like, well, I guess I kind of got to stay. Like, what evidence do you have for that statement? Well, Beth and Jerry did the same exact thing. Jerry got Beth pregnant with Summer. So teen pregnancy is genetic? I mean, technically, but no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like, that's that's sort of... What the fuck are you guys talking about? (laughs) What do you mean? (sighs) (laughs) Okay, can, can I just, can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah. So Dan Harmon, uh, I forget if this is DVD commentary, but basically in an interview, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon were talking about Rick's backstory and how they don't want to commit to saying like, you know, giving him a concrete backstory in the sense that like, oh, he's he's a psychopathic motherfucker because his family was killed when he was young and now he's trying to cope with alcohol and drugs. And he doesn't want to reduce Rick's character to that because then it's just Rick is he becomes one dimensional and it's kind of just like. You know, then he's reduced that. He's the guy who's just depressed. But, but yeah, my point is, from a writing perspective, like, this definitely was just them, like, throwing the audience for a loop. And, like, like Rick, underrated, is a very, very good actor. Do you remember the episode uh, M. Night Shyamalan's, where he, like, basically convinces the aliens that the simulation Morty was actually his grandson? And it's, like, it seems really convincing. And then, like, it turns out that he was just, like, fucking with them. It's the same thing in this episode. Like, Rick is totally capable of, of completely selling a story and then just being like, just kidding, nope. We know so, he's like, I'm pretty sure that this was all a, 
I'm pretty sure that this is all a pile of bullshit. This was just like a like a way to for Rick to fabricate a sob story to like to like make them believe it's like a sad enough story that yes. um he's telling the truth. No, I'm mostly with you because it seemed very like almost Disney like happy family and then suddenly they die and now he's a villain. I forgot the part of Bambi where his wife and child were destroyed by an interdimensional bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I've totally seen Bambi. Dude, I mean, admittedly, Bambi would be much cooler if that's what happened to her mother. <laughs> His mother. Bambi's a boy. Oh, Bambi's a dude? Yes. Did you not see the dick? Y- yeah, fuck your seen, gender norms. I have not seen shit. Bambi's penis, no. That is how he self-identifies. Huh. Wow, this right. is just well, way off the rails. <laughs> Are you kidding? This is amazing. This is exactly what it should be. Just talking about... Bambi and... Bambi never says what their gender identity is. Okay, we're, we're, let's stop. Um, <laughs> here's what I think. I think most of the backstory is made up, but there is one line Rick says, which is, um, he's talking to Nathan Fillion about creating the portal gun, and he says, that's the three lines of math that separates my life as a man from my life as an unfeeling ghost. I think that is sort of how he feels. It's like to tell a good lie, you have to have some truth in it. And I think that is a grain of truth there, that once he realized, you know, the the other Rick in his fake flashback shows up and he's like, you can go anywhere, you can do anything in this runaway to another universe where you never did it. Once Rick realizes that, I think he would feel as though that turns him into, in his words, an unfeeling ghost. Something that just occurred to me... What if the, what if the, those are the three lines of math line was literally just him talking about these three lines of math are going to break me out of prison and that's what separates me from being stuck in prison and being an unfeeling ghost and being a man and escaping. Huh. What if, what if he was, what if that's what he meant? That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, I, I disagree with you. You're, you're wrong and stupid and a bad person, but it's interesting. (laughs) Wait, did you just insult me for five seconds and then say, and then say, but that's interesting? No, it's, okay. no, it's a very good reading, but at the same time, it's, it's very, like, existential, like, Russian literature kind of reading, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna make fun of you for it, but it's good, it's a good reading. Do you think the green light in his portal gun represents, <laughs> like, the unattainable- It represents Gatsby's green light that he's reaching for at the end of Daisy's dock. I was actually about to think that, <laughs> or say that. Um, but, uh... In all seriousness, what I'm trying to say is, I think what you said is interesting, but I just don't want that to give you the impression that I like you. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I wasn't fooled for a moment, you fucking asshole. So long as we're on the same page. Um, I, so- I think that what hit that quote, the three lines of math, unfeeling ghost thing, is true, but that's kind of undermined by, um, in, in the Schwifty episode, um, we see a uh, bird person talk about, like, Rick, like how Rick has saved his life and done things in the past. And so I wonder, did something happen after that that caused him to become what he is today? I mean, I mean besides probably. the fact that his friends are moving on and the and his resistance movement has crumbled into flames. No, I think that's pretty much enough. I mean, I think there like there's clearly some shit in his past, but that's the thing about Rick. Like he's totally capable of understanding all of this at a very deep level and and simultaneously just being like who gives a shit like fucking all my friends and family have died like life is a joke and let's just do ridiculous bullshit and go to blitz and chits they've died many times over also i'm sure rick has so yeah so so much random technology that like allows him to extend his life like operation phoenix but i don't think he's 
I think he's like 70 or something. He could be infinitely old. There's like literally no... Well, the only metric we have for how old he is is how old his family is. Because like Beth is still alive. Beth is still like an appropriate age like in relation to him. Like we can assume he's around like 25 years older than her. So like that's like an appropriate... That's like a metric we can use for like how old he is. But yeah, like, he definitely could extend his life basically infinitely if he wanted. I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like this is probably a better discussion for when we discuss that episode, but... In short, I think he's looking for a way to extend his life. I don't know if that means he's found it, because I don't think he's old enough right now to need life extension, but... No, we're not saying that he has yet. We just know that he could. Also, we we have not discussed this episode, like... Yeah, we're just bouncing around like a bunch of ADD ping pong balls. So, towards the end of the episode, Rick, Summer, and Rick are yelling at Morty, calling him an idiot, and he shoots Rick. You know, it's a, it's a fake gun, but Morty doesn't know that. So, we're skipping this question. I I can see where this is this going. <laughs> Let's not skip this. This is a good question. Eh. Shit. I see this going at I see this going towards Well, you sent the question. It's is Rick is Morty going to turn on Rick? And Oh, Brandon, you you see where this question is going? Well, guess who doesn't? The fucking audience. Yeah, you you, you must have some sort of psychic ability to read words. Oh. It's a podcast, you piece of shit. Let's answer the fucking question. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, okay. I okay, I retract my what I said. I'm going to no, retract no, no, no. You your can't penis. do that. We're going to make fun of you for the rest of this episode. All right. So, toward the end of the episode, um Morty shoots Rick. He doesn't know that he's holding a fake gun. He just shoots Rick in the head. So, is this like a sign of things to come? Is Morty going to turn against Rick? Well, we kind of already discussed that. Uh, well, we didn't discuss it, but we kind of already saw like that question in in the original Council of Ricks episode. Just like whether or not a Morty can turn well, on I'm a Well, I'm not concerned with a Morty. I'm concerned with Morty C-137. Remember the first episode where Morty has to shove those seeds way up inside his butthole and they dissolve in his rectum, giving him uh, temporary super intelligence. It's not inconceivable that Morty could steal Rick's portal gun, go to th- that exact point, get the seeds, and... Once he has the seeds, then he can just keep going back, getting more seeds, and it'll and and like develop a potentially permanent solution for okay. First for of super all, intelligence. If in theory, if you could develop super intelligence, but in order to do so, once a day you had to shove a seed of that size and pointiness into your asshole, would you do it? Yes. Where's the <laughs> lubiderm? You'd fuck the lubiderm. I'll just do it. You're gonna raw dog it. <laughs> Raw dog, <laughs> raw dog, a coconut size. Or is it just you, you've already seed. been fucked in the ass so often you don't even need to? You just sort of like it's just like opening a like a car, like a car trunk. Like it's just still there's plenty of space. So back to the original question: Is Morty sort of turning against Rick? Here's my thinking: Season one, episode ten, the episode where we first get introduced to the Council of Ricks. We see Eyepatch Morty has fucked with Rick's brain and was controlling him. Right before that, and I, there's no guarantee this is a reference to this, but I think it is. Um, Rick says, a cocky Morty can lead to all sorts of problems. And I think that that's a reference to Eyepatch Morty. And remember how the controlled Rick talks about how similar the two Ricks are? I presume that means the same is true of the Mortys. So it seems very likely that Morty might... I don't think he'd do it, but I think there's going to come a point when he has the ability to, like, implant something in Rick's brain. That control Rick or fight against Rick? He, I think he'll have the opportunity to do the same thing that Eyepatch Morty did. Gotcha. 
I mean, what's interesting, though, is that this Rick is clearly far smarter than all the rest of the Ricks. Like, the scene the scene in this episode with the with the gun standoff and Morty shooting him, and then and then Summer's like, wait, ha- what happened? And he said, uh, fake gun, shoot me in standoff. Oldest Rick trick in the book. Like, if it's the oldest Rick trick in the book, how did those, how did that Rick not see that shit coming? I think it's just an expression. I mean, okay, you can write it off as that, but like, it seems like for some reason this Rick is like way, way more. He's the most Rick of all the Ricks. But like, it, it was, it was to a level that was like way beyond. I don't know, like just the 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 ease with which he like penetrated the the citadel of Ricks and just like took them down, like. My point is that this is not a Rick to be fucked with. He will Rick you up. Leave. Um, hmm. But does that mean that, like he said, you know, the Rickest Rick would have the Mortiest Morty. So is this not a Morty to be fucked with? Is he the same level of head and shoulders above uh, normal Morty? Well, but wouldn't the Mortiest Morty be the dumbest, the dumbest and the le- and the l- most innocent and the least capable? I thought that too. Like, it would make sense that in order to cancel out the even smarter Rick's brainwaves, he'd need an even dumber Morty. But that's clearly not the case from, like, what's going on in the show. Like, the other Mortys call him the one true Morty. And I, d- I don't think it necessarily means smarter. It just means Mortier. I'm more than just a hammer. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hammer Morty's dead. Oh, Aww. yeah, that, that was, Poor that hammer was Morty. a sad day. Also, all just just the entire battle scene in this episode, where like all the Ricks are getting pulled apart. The like, if you listen closely, just the sound effects for like what's happening are fucking hilarious. Like, you see like a Rick get like dragged, basically like some prisoner like puts Rick above his head. He's like, no, 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 no wait, 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 and then he just gets pulled in half. Yep. Yeah, he gets drawn and quartered. It's it's just like hilarious to me that his final words would be like, no, 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 wait, just hang on. <laughs> okay, big big point to bring up. What are the future interactions with other Ricks going to be like? Because there were definitely survivors, but, like, how is that going to play into the future story? That's a good point, because the Council of Ricks isn't just going to take that shit. No, well, the Council is dead. Uh, well, I, but, I like, mean, but... Whatever but, Ricks have survived this, like, Rick enclaves that are spread out throughout the galaxy, like, what's what's going to happen with them? How are they going to play in? Are they, like, just going into hiding? Are they going to become, like, the rebellion? Well, I, I mean, I think the Citadel, if it's if it's... Uh, trans-dimensional, then it's gone. Oh yeah, th- oh yeah. That's the other question: Is there only one citadel, or is that just per dimension? Here's the thing: There's an infinite number of realities, but that doesn't mean there are an infinite number of Ricks. If we think back to the Love Potion episode, after they flee that reality and go to a new one, he says we can only do this three or four more times tops. I think what he means is there are an infinite number of realities, but there is an infinitesimal chance of any one reality existing. And it's sort of like the infinity and infinitesimal sort of cancel each other out, so we have a finite number of any given Rick reality. Okay, I I definitely kind of come down on the same side as you, Joseph, that uh, there's only, like, one Citadel of Ricks, because if it's Ricks from many dimensions, then it has to be, like... And they're all coming together to one place. Like, they're not, there's not one place per dimension that they're all coming together. There's not infinite Ricks in each dimension. So there's one trans-dimensional uh, Citadel of Ricks. Now, there could, it's possible, be an opposing Rick government that was, like, less successful than the Citadel in the same way that there are some countries that aren't in the UN. Wait, what, like Rick Kaida or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> Rick Kaida. Yeah, Rixus. <laughs> the Rickaband. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, like, the, the Citadel of Ricks is, like, the Al-Qaeda of that universe. It is to the galactic government what Al-Qaeda is to the UN. Well, they're the heroes in the story, so they're, like, the... 
I got nothing. Well, what's what's I think what's really interesting about this episode is that beforehand, like in, in the the end of the last, uh, like uh, the end of season two, you're kind of left with with like this not exactly a sour taste in your mouth, but basically you realize that like Rick and his friends have done some shit and they're fucking terrorists and they're like wanted by the intergalactic government for like crimes against you know the universe and like this episode was interesting because they made it very clear that you should be sympathetic to Rick's goals because when you see the Smith family back on earth they're they're just they're you know they have like a robot overlord who's like running their family they they can only eat pills they have like curfews and bullshit it was it was just i think it was an interesting move by the writers to make the intergalactic government just like clearly pieces of shit which by the way is Another question I had is, like, they seem very Brave New Worldish to me. Like, if they're feeding the population pills, it's probably s- some like mild mind control stuff. Like, it's not like it's like maybe or it not could just like be supplements. It could be, but uh, it's probably not because remember, um, what was the butler's name? Conway Twitty. He like shoved the pills down Morty's throat when he didn't want to eat them. That's good service. It, it was. I don't know. It, it seemed. It seemed fair. To me, at least, it seemed clear that that none of them were under mind control. Um, just because, like, Summer was clearly unhappy. Beth was like drinking herself to death. And I think the funniest, I think the funniest part of the whole thing was like how happy Jerry was. <laughs> it, well, I mean, yeah, he. Well, that's because he sucks. Yeah, he he was given like he was given a. This shitty... is a man who is okay with like living in a simulation, running at minimal capacity. <laughs> Like, he's fine. I just love that, like, Jerry's such a pathetic character. It's like the the intergalactic government, like, takes over his planet and, like, forces his family to eat pills and, like, forces him to do some, like, stupid job that he doesn't even know what he's doing. And he's just, like, so happy and content with it. (laughs) That being said, his description of his job is the most accurate representation of a real-world job ever. I just got my sixth promotion this week, and I still don't know what I do. But reining this back in, I really hope they don't cut Jerry out altogether. I doubt they would. No, they're not going to. Because I love Jerry. I love Chris Parnell. He sucks, but I love him. Yeah, no, it, he's he's a wonderful character. Like, like that's the thing about this show. Like, every single character, no matter how, like, seemingly insignificant, is still f- a fucking, like, really funny, interesting character. Like, think about Pennsylvester. What a fucking character. Rick, listen to that name. You can't kill me. You're right. Kill Pennsylvester. God, that episode was so good. Yeah, I don't view the uh, intergalactic government as using mind control in the population, but I do think they're using pills to keep them docile. Well, like, this is, this is just, like, kind of a theory of just, like, in the future, everything will be, all food will be in pill form. Um, I don't think it's necessarily mind control. I think, I think it's just, like, it, like, a futuristic food will be, like, in pill form because we won't have the need for, like, actual food consumption. It's, like, the idea of, like, a cold, unfeeling future where you just get the basic requirements without the actual joy of it. What was Jerry's job, do you think, just based on the office environment we saw? I think he manufactured the pills that kept horses alive forever. What, as his final victory over Beth? Yeah. I think that was his job. No, no, no. There's no way. He's not smart enough to do that. He probably was just some, like, government bureaucrat that, like, I don't know, denied food stamps to, like, bug aliens or something. (laughs) Oh, your entire colony is starving? Well, you shouldn't have been born poor. Pull yourself up by your bug straps. By your (laughs) bug straps? (laughs) Stupid. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Before we move on from Jerry, I actually want to uh, cover one thing about him, which is Beth and Jerry separate at the end of the episode. 
is this just a Ross and Rachel will-they-won't-they thing, or are they divorced for good? Because pretty much every episode so far has been about Beth and Jerry's shitty marriage. They are on a break. And? That, oh, okay, okay, fuck you for making a Friends reference and not getting the biggest Friends reference of all oh, time. Oh, no, I, I actually, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I've never watched Friends, I just know Ross and Rachel. That's, that is the line from Friends, it's just, we were on a break. Everyone, pay attention to, and give Brandon credit for his fucking Friends reference. If you wanna, like, if you wanna show him love, email him at, okay, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't just start saying you white guilt having <laughs> milk white toast guilt. piece of human garbage. Yo, I could actually go for some fucking enchiladas right now. That <laughs> 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 sounds so good, <laughs> dude. When we when we do a podcast um, about the the interdimensional TV thing, we all have to be eating fucking enchiladas, <laughs> or at least fucking enchiladas. Okay. Um, but yeah, Joseph, I really hope that, uh, Jerry keeps being part of the adventures, and I think it actually might be funnier with, like, the concept of, like, Beth, like, going out on dates with, like, other guys, and just Chris Parnell's voice just getting even more pathetic. (laughs) I can see Jerry spying on Beth, like, maybe hanging out with Rick to, to get close to Beth, like, just sort of asking Morty, Summer, and, uh, Rick, so what's she up to? Who's she seeing? Like, where's she going tonight? Maybe I can run into her. I just think it's hilarious how Beth, like, Beth was just like, I'm sorry, Jerry, I'll never leave you again. And then a minute later, she's just very clearly like, yep, uh, I'm going to go talk to Jerry to make sure that he sticks to his decision of being divorced. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, she got really fucked up by the fact that her dad left her. I think Rick had to have been in her life until she was old enough to make an emotional connection with him, but not old enough to understand why he was leaving. I don't know, just like the fact that she didn't have a father figure could have been enough. The intergalactic government leaving Earth, what, what's Earth going to be like after this? Because I honestly think there's going to be changes. Like, this isn't the first time they've encountered alien life, but, like, still, like, this is the first time they were, like, dominated. It's hard to say, because one thing I really respect about this show is that they don't just forget about what happened last week because it's a new episode. Like... They sort of do. The episodes are, like, independent enough that you don't have to watch them in order all the time. No, but they don't forget. Like, I mean, what turned the show from a good show into a great show for me was after the Love Potion episode when they flee the Cronenberg world, Morty's all fucked up about it. They bring it up two episodes later. In the the interdimensional cable, right? Yeah, and these things that happened to Morty aren't gone. He still remembers being almost molested by a jelly bean. He still remembers all this stuff. God. I miss King Jellybean. God, what a fucking scene. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, I think it will have lasting effects. I think a lot of the aliens fled. I, I'm sure not all of them managed to get away. Um, yeah, remember Summer was talking about drawing... That, that joke was amazing. Dr- hey, they're drawing and quartering aliens in the schoolyard, and it technically counts as patriotism. Yeah, so I figure there's going to be, like alien racism or something like you know there's gonna be what like alien remnants still on the planet yeah and they're gonna be they're gonna be hunted i can see that happening i have i actually have another jerry question uh which is at the end rick's just like jerry tried to turn me into the government so i made him and the government go away did he plan that out i like because i can't honestly i can't see how he could have because i well how could he control the simulator either like he's 
he's just that well, good. He tends to do this thing where he does something that's actually nice, and then he overcompensates by being a bigger dick afterwards. He saves Morty in um in the time split episode, and after he sacrifices himself for Morty and he he's safe, he's like he calls Morty a piece of shit. He seems to be very uncomfortable with the idea of doing anything nice without following it up immediately with showing how big a dick he is. Or the I, yeah, I was I was thinking also of the the scene at the end of the uh, of the Citadel of Rick's episode in in season one where he um basically like Morty saves him and and then he has like a moment to be like yeah thanks Morty he's just like all right Morty don't break an arm jerking yourself off has anybody ever broken an arm jerking themselves off almost definitely I mean humanity is a pretty big group so I guarantee at least one wonder if ever anyone's ever had their arm cut off while they were jerking off Dude, it's called the stranger it's where you it's an extreme version of when you make your arm <laughs> fall asleep and jerk off does that even work I have never had it work. (laughs) I've tried it once, and it, like, I can't make my arm fall asleep very well, and when I do, I can't control it very well. So it's not, it's just not good. If anybody has successfully managed to stranger themselves, let us know in the comments. And if anyone has a how-to guide... Asking yes. for a friend. I would appreciate uh, post a video of how to do it. And a link on Amazon to an appropriate tourniquet. Question about Rick and Summer. So this episode had a lot of, um, you know, Summer's like Rick is this hero and Morty's trying to show her that he's not. What's she going to be like now? Is is she going to be closer with Rick or is she going to take her brother's advice? Is she going to be like, all right, I love Rick, but I can't let him be my hero? Personally, I think it's the first one. I think that it's going to take a hard lesson. Yeah, I think Summer, I think Summer's completely forgiven him. Also, I, I love how quickly in that scene with the standoff where Rick was trying to convince the, the, the council of Rick's dude to, uh, that he, like, didn't care if she lived or died. And then, like, when he admits that he had, she was just like, aww. <laughs> And was like immediately just like after saying horrible things. For yeah, like, like she like was convinced minute. that he didn't like he didn't care about her enough to give a shit if she lived or died. And then immediately when he's just like, "No, I was just kidding," she she's just like, "Oh, okay, well." Uh the trademarks of the beautiful abusive relationship. Um. So personally, I think that she will not take Morty's advice this episode. But I think something is going to happen that takes Rick from hero to really fucked up dude in her eyes. Where it'll be sort of a moral dilemma where Rick does a really fucked up thing that he just has to do. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, like, uh, the episodes where, like, uh, he, like, gives the harsh truth to Morty about something and then, like, they have the tense relationship after for a little while. There's going to be, like, a moment like that with Summer. it will sort of, it will, like, she'll take some time to recover and maybe swing over to where, like... I'm not quite sure where Morty... I think Morty is further along in the, his relationship with Rick than Summer is because he spent more time with him. So he's like, all right, this he's he's fun to hang out with, but he's also a huge asshole and not someone you can idolize. Uh, I don't think Summer's there yet. Oh, definitely not. Well, she's flat out said that uh, my grandpa was my hero. Also, I really want to get legal advice from lawyer Morty now. I want him to be my retained counsel and everything. I want to bring him to court just because he looks fun. On a on a much more serious note, um, you know how Rick talked about um, how he wanted to give Nathan Fillion's insect dick a test drive? What's sex with those things like? Because when the insect got aroused... A whole bunch of little things stuck up on him, in, like the mouth thing. The doodle, the doodle flaps. Yeah. 
and like all the, down the his, flappy doodles like all down his chest so what's sex with those things like i imagine there's a lot of holes and a lot of appendages like i th- i think it's mantis sex you have sex once and then you get killed that's racist just because he looks like a fucking mantis that means it's he's they're gonna kill him after he's yeah brandon dude that's fucked up for like... shame i will not have an alien <laughs> racist on this podcast but no, I just th- I just think that he's never. I think he's never had sex before, and one of these days he's going to have sex with a lovely woman who is then going to eat his head. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean like literally going to eat his head, unless that's sexual for you. It could be. I mean, if if you're suicidal, it could be very sexual. Can, can I discuss? Can I discuss an even more important question? Go for it. Why does Rick need to take a shit every time he jumps bodies? Oh yeah. Toby and I were talking about this last night. Because everyone is very busy, and he's the only one who d- gives enough of, doesn't give enough of a crap to actually, like, hold it in. Well, but I guess he does give a crap, doesn't he not? Ha 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 ha! You stupid laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, well, I mean, he wanted to give the insect dick a test drive, so maybe he wants to give other Rick's anuses a test drive. Pretty sure I was just drunkenly texting you about, like, making a three-dimensional, like, mathematically accurate model of the contours of the different anuses that he pooped with. Yes, you absolutely were doing that. Don't know how drunk you were, but I'm sure it was quite. Um, it was just drunk enough. So, the intergalactic government has Rick. They, they want him. What exactly do they want from him? Because... We know they can use portals. We know that they have the ability to traverse dimensions because we saw in the pilot that they have like they have interdimensional customs. So what does Rick have to offer them? Handheld. I sort of agree with that. Yeah, that's probably the best answer. Well, it's the difference between a phone that's like connected to the wall and a smartphone. It's infinitely more powerful. It can summon multiple portals at once. It does, requires less energy since it's handheld. It can just be carried around. I think it would extend their reach a lot. Because it seems like the intergalactic government is somewhat interdimensional. The Citadel of Rix is definitely interdimensional. But I think maybe the intergalactic government wants to be able to span dimensions. Ba- basically just do what every empire wants to do, which is acquire, acquire, acquire. Yeah, makes sense. Also, why wouldn't you just want that technology? Well, I mean, you can't go up to the military and be like, can you research this? Because it would be cool. There needs to be, like, a reason behind it. You can't just be like, build me a fleshlight with a black hole inside it. Well, uh, well, it has obvious military applications. Your soldiers can just transport themselves. They don't need, like, a big base to do it. I just find it interesting that, like, the intergalactic government, like, tried to get stuff out of Rick, and they did it such a worse job than the Zygerian scammers. Well, no, Rick was ahead of the Zygerian scammers the whole time, too. Yes, yes, but like, but like, at least that one was like sort of close in a way. Like this one, this one was just like he just like you know just took everyone for a loop, Morty. Also, we haven't talked about the Szechuan sauce. It's fucking important, Morty. Dude, I'm just gonna fucking cut your entire audio every time you say Morty. Why, Morty? <laughs> he did it for me. It's awesome. Uh. Yeah, is is that coming back? Like, was that? I assume that was just Justin Roiland. This is one armed man. <laughs> I assume that was just Justin Roiland doing the like Nintendo bit again. Just like, hey Nintendo, give me free stuff. Like, hey, let me leverage my my influence as like a as like a main as a main star of of a popular show to like fucking leverage a restaurant to bring back this. Honestly, shit. I think that's the most likely explanation. Also, there is a Mulan thing happening, so... Do you think it's because of him? Well, 
Yes, yes. Because he did that, the movie started production like months before the episode. Well, the, the episode started production months ago. Also, I just learned Mulan was a real person. There's more of a myth around her than like the actual historical stuff, but yeah, she was a real person. Yeah, according to the thing I read, she um, wanted to go to war. Her family obviously said no. She dressed up as a dude, like, in disguise, challenged her father to a duel, beat him, and then revealed she was his daughter. And then their parents were like, all right, fine, you can go to war. And... That's pretty awesome. She became a general. Wow. The emperor offered her his daughter in marriage, and she's like... But I, I bet I don't roll that way. Yeah. That's that's underrated, like, a really fucked up, like, solution to uh, gender inequality. It's just... Well, just pretend you're a man. Yeah, ladies, if you want to be treated equally, just grow a beard. Whip your dick out. Yeah, just make a man out of you, mister. So, one question I have about the uh, intergalactic government is, why didn't they take control of Earth before now? Is it because Rick was there? Did they not realize Earth was there, what with space being really big? Well, well, I don't think we're a type... We're not a type 1 civilization. Like, I think... All the members of the Galactic Federation were Type 1 civilizations. All the civilizations in the Federation have, like, intergalactic travel. Like, they're all Type 1 civilizations. We're, like, a Type 3 or a Type 4. What what does that mean? Type 1 civilization is, like, the most, like, advanced you can be as a civilization. Essentially, you have intergalactic travel. Uh, I forget who came up with the metric. Oh, was it Abradolf Linkler? We're we're still, like, a Type 4. Like, we're we're nothing. But America's great again. (laughs) Editor's note, um, with regards to the scale that Brandon is talking about, this is known as the Kardashev scale. Um, he got a few things wrong here, so excuse me for a moment while I nerd out and explain a bunch of science that I only half understand. The Kardashev scale describes advances that our civilization could make in regards to harnessing energy. In order for Earth to become a Type 1 civilization, we would need to find a way to harness all the energy that reaches us from the sun. A Type 2 civilization can harness all the energy outputted by the sun. A Type 3 civilization is able to harness all of the energy within its own galaxy. So that means that the Gromphmites, which are the uh, bug-like guys who make up most of the Galactic Federation, are at least a Type 2, but probably a Type 3 civilization. So Type 2 and Type 3 civilizations have managed to figure out interstellar travel. But according to Unity from uh, Season 2, Episode 3, the uh, Hivemind episode, being a Type 1 civilization is all that is required to uh, join the Galactic Federation. This probably means Earth is just a colony. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. We still haven't really answered the question, why didn't the intergalactic government take control of Earth before now? Or rather, why did they take control of it after Rick was captured? Um, I assume it's similar to the way that it would work in real life. Like, what's that island from the life, uh, the life or fire festival, whatever it was? I think it was in the Bahamas. Yeah, so some random island in the Bahamas. Well, like, now I imagine tourism there is going to go up quite a lot because now it's on everyone's radar and people are curious about it because it was in the media. Let's see the site of a huge fuck-up. I assume that's what it. Oh, that's like what it was, but for the, the intergalactic government, right? What, come see the birthplace of no, Rick? No, but it was, it was like the story broke and everyone was talking about Rick and Earth and then people were like, oh, Earth, that's cool, let's check it out. So they went. All right, let's. We have three questions left. Let's let's get to them. All right, uh, did we finish up the other question? Like when I went off, or who remembers or cares? Fair enough. <laughs> I'm glad you reached this point. Yeah, I've reached this point, and it's only episode one. What other uh, changes do you think the intergalactic government made to Earth? Because uh, personally, 
I think they installed two government dome-shaped buildings at the base of the Washington Monument. <laughs> One can only hope. Um, uh, I think they just decided to alter everyone's genes so that they're all the same race, and therefore they get take care of that quandary. We'd find a reason to continue hating each other. I, I firmly believe that hatred will survive any trials. Love will die, hate will prevail. You should write Valentine's Day cards. <laughs> <laughs> my love for you will die, but my hatred never will. All right, sort of a big question. The intergalactic government, are they destroyed? Like, Rick, basically, he turned, he fucked up their currency with the push of a button. So, logically, they could just change it back with the push of a different button. Right. That was a very odd plot device, but also it was pretty funny. No, I don't think it was odd. I think what it did is throw the government into temporary, or throw the society into a state of chaos. They can restore themselves, but they're currently in chaos. Yeah, and I wonder to what extent will they uh, recover? Because I figure the Citadel of Ricks is fucked beyond repair. Like, I think there will be small resistances, or not really resistances, just like... Uh, Rick Claves. Yeah, there will be small Rick Claves that are out there. They'll probably send people to kill C-137. And if there is a god, then they will send Crumbopulous Michael to try and kill him. <laughs> if there's a god. All right, anyway. Um, so yeah, is... How big a hit has the intergalactic government taken? I'd say, like, fucking Treaty of Versailles, like, post-World War One Germany hit. It's funny you should say that. Because I was about to make a joke about so then their solution will be to kill the Jews. But that's what I have written down here is it will lead to militarization. Yeah, it, it very well could. It could it could make things much worse for Rick. I think this thing could cause a depression because people have just lost a lot of faith in the Blemflark. It used to be worth one of itself, then suddenly it was worth zero of itself. And even if it goes back to being worth one of itself, it's like, well, it could go back to zero at any time. People have lost faith in it. In the currency. So they'll be in a depression, and nothing pulls a nation out of a depression like a good war. So that might happen. It'd be pretty cool, too. Okay, any other questions? Oh yeah, the last thing. Uh, Tammy, where's she going when she coming back? I actually wonder that a lot, like, whether Phoenix Person is going to be, like, a regular thing, or if it's going to be just an occasional one. Well, he's voiced by Dan Harmon, isn't he? Yeah, I he think is. So. Yeah, so he'll, I'm sure he'll be a regular. Like, I, I predict... There will be a moment, a sort of cliche like Phoenix person is attacking Rick and Rick will be like, come on, come on, bird person. Remember what we've been through. Phoenix person will stop and like start turning back into bird person and then Morty will come in and kill him. That's dark. Well, it's Rick and Morty. Of course it's dark. That sounds like what would happen to Morty, not Rick. Well, yeah, but Morty doesn't have good times with Bird Person. I'm not saying specifically with Bird Person, but I'm just saying that sounds like a scenario that would happen to Morty more than it would happen to Rick. No, you're not wrong. Also, can we talk about how funny that scene was at the end where she's just like, wait, you named him Phoenix Person? I thought we agreed on Cyberbird. Like, they picked horrible names, and she was mad that they didn't choose the worst one. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Daily Squanch, our non-daily Rick and Morty podcast, presented to you by Pancake Pug Productions. If you want to join in on the discussion, if you have suggestions on how we can improve the podcast, or if you want to send us death threats, you can find us on YouTube or Twitter at Pancake Pug, or on our website, PancakePugProductions.com.